It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You're listening to the E2C Network. Podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Brought to you by the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com. Warrior Go Auburn fans, welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion, part of the E2C network. I'm AJ Richardson with a slightly lower voice, probably because I yelled a little too much, and I'm also here with Ben King. How are you doing? Oh man, I am, uh, I'm good. I'm, I'm hailing from Boston, Massachusetts right now, where uh, I, I've been watching a little bit of Patriots football with a bunch of crazy Boston people, <laughs> and uh, you know... They don't get after it like Auburn does with college sports, but I can see why they like the pros up here now. It's it's just a it's a different place, man. Yeah, and I feel like even in Atlanta, and with having the Falcons here, I don't I don't know if we get the same. It's not everything's about NFL here because we have just about an hour away is Athens, Georgia, where you've got Georgia Tech, and I don't, I don't know. Two hours away is the future national champion Auburn Tigers. <laughs> I like it. Um. Yeah, uh, I don't know. It, it's a little bit different. I I don't. I've tried to get into it a little more, but I still definitely prefer college over it for the sole sake of. I feel like college is so unpredictable a lot of times, and for sure that makes it exciting to me. I can watch college football all day, every day, and, and with the NFL, I feel like I I can almost expect certain things to happen, um, in a game, which you know maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. Um, college just seems, hey, you've got this shining star that comes out of nowhere. And that's one of the reasons I particularly like it. For sure. Same here. But I do have Tom Brady on my fantasy team. So uh, <laughs> I enjoyed his multiple touchdowns in the first half. Did you draft Jarrett, though? I did, man. He's on my backup. Wait, really? Yeah, I waved to Jarrett on the TV. That's amazing. He didn't see me, but I did. <laughs> hey, I mean, if Tom Brady goes down, Jarrett's hey, the man. I've got him. Jarrett's ready to go. Yeah. He may even play tonight if they keep tearing up the pittsburgh steelers so yeah potentially. We'll before we jump into the full-on review uh so we're going to be doing a little bit of review of the two-lane game uh where auburn won 24 to 6 uh and then uh we'll jump into uh what we think about each uh part of the the game offense defense special teams um and what we thought overall um so stay tuned for all of that uh ben okay this this game on paper, you look at it and you see twenty-four to six, and you're like, "All right, Auburn won by eighteen points, not too bad." But if you're watching the game like we did, and it just felt like Tulane could have just out of nowhere beaten us, um, and what what did you think of this game? Did it? How many heart attacks did it give you? <laughs> because it gave me so, a lot. <laughs> it didn't give me heart attacks. Uh, it, it made me angry for lack of offensive production in the first half. The defense is stout, and they keep us in games, and they save us from having any embarrassments. So hats off to those guys. Even the fact that we couldn't stop some of those runaround plays, defense held strong. And, you know, if uh, if Tulane had been a little more productive on offense, it could have been a much more interesting game, and thankfully they were not. Uh, it feels like their quarterback was really the man, McMillan, and then... There was no one else, so he he had that like one pass that went to the end zone. That was the only one that we really let him get off. And when he threw that, he got plastered. Yeah. So he he didn't try another one, hmm. and then his guy dropped it. So I know the uh, the defense kept us in this game, and thankfully now because of them, we are number eight in the nation, which feels pretty good. Yeah. Uh, offense though, man, I like I can't give us a D because we passed. But we are we are low C's right now. <laughs> so you would and, like like a C minus. You're feeling like for offense, just overall over the first two games. Is that what you're saying? I'll I'll give us a 75 percentile. So that's, okay. that's a solid C right there. All right. And it, it's it's just because you know Bo played well in this game. Some of the play calling was odd. 
Like, we have more players than Eli Stove as a wide receiver and then running Booby up the middle. So it was uh, it was an interesting first half. I'm very thankful that we were able to go and, you know, analyze what we were doing wrong in the first half and make corrections in the second half and really open the game up. But this was a team that, while granted they are very good, and their defense was actually pretty good as well, stopping the run up the middle. Yeah. We still should have beat this team by, you know, 30 points or more. Yeah. I mean, your prediction, I think, was you wanted us 42. to win by 42. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and uh, We could I, have easily done it. I If we had just had, I don't know, a couple of those runs where it just, you, you, on first down, you've got Bowie up the middle and he gets nothing or one yard pretty much the whole first half. It seemed like that. That's all we we got out of a run game, and that's why we put a bunch on Bo at the beginning of the game. What twenty nine passes, I think, in the first half that he had yeah, to that's throw. Ridiculous. That's that's too much to put on Bo, and and I'm glad Gus realized that. Um, but he was like, "That's what they're giving us. They're they're making us pass the ball um, and stopping our run." Um, which maybe, I mean, I don't know how much, but. It seemed like the offense of one, they seemed to have an issue with run blocking. Did it seem like it to you, or was there something else there? Yes, the offensive line played very, very poorly. And I don't know if it's because, you know, the defensive line on the other side of the ball was good or not. I've heard they were, they're they're pretty good. Like, I've heard that some of their players could potentially play on SEC teams and be starters. We were not opening any holes, so I can definitely see that. Yeah. The the thing that I that boggled my mind, especially in the first half, is if we can't run it up the middle, why aren't we doing screen plays? And then we did run a screen, and it it went for like twenty plus yards. And I was like, what are we doing here? Why? Yeah. Gus loves these things. I know. And we're not running them against a team that we can definitely beat in a foot race. Yeah, that was an odd odd thing. I mean, like, I think Gus is. He even admitted the play calling was at times very questionable, and I I think so as well, and many other Auburn fans do as well. That, that we had issues with, I don't know. It just seemed like we we were doing the same thing multiple times and hoping it would work again. And <laughs> thirty Eli Stove, thirty Eli Stove, thirty Eli Stove. Like, I mean, it was very obvious that our game plan was Stove, Booby, and then Will Hastings. That that was our three guys on offense that we were trying to get going. Like then I started to think, all right, they're they're the guys last season. Well, I'm thinking about Hastings and Eli Stove. Both of those guys had ACL issues, and now I, I wonder if he, Gus was just trying to like, I don't know, like get them a little bit of hype and potentially like write the storyline of this game as Stove and Hastings make a epic. Uh, comeback from their ACL surgeries last season. Like I, I don't know if that was really what it was, but it kind of seemed that way with how many plays seemed to be designed for both of those guys. Um, yeah. And then, hey, yeah. do you remember the old Bo Jackson cheer that we had? Uh, Have you ever heard this? I don't think so. What is All it? All right. It was Bo to the left, Bo to the right, Bo up the middle, punt. <laughs> 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 and so I have a new one. Okay. Uh, it's uh stove to the left, stove to the right, stove with the speed sweep, punt. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. I like that's it. That's w- that's what we were doing, and it sure seemed it was, like it. It was driving me nuts for a little bit, but you know, if if Gus was trying to really get those guys, you know, coming back after the injuries, a way to perform, he did a good job, man. Because they they definitely by way of being the the main targets did very well. I mean, Will Hastings now has the most yards on the team receiving. Yeah. And that's pretty awesome. And then it even is. even Eli Stove had a few catches. Now, he didn't end up having but only 27 yards the whole time. He had he a lot targeted of targets. 7 times. <laughs> and you know, that's that's I mean, he, they were, their goal was to get him in space and get him uh where he could make some moves and uh I think it will come with time. Like I really do. Um I have faith that Eli Stove, he's done it before. Um, he can get, he can make guys miss. Um, I, one thing that I, I also like, I almost as an encouragement, um, Auburn has two wins. A lot of teams don't have two wins right now. Very and true. both of them are, 
I'm going to say pretty quality wins. Now, you may question that with Tulane, but I honestly think Tulane... Tulane is a good team. They're they're a good team, and they're they're probably going to be competitive with their conference as far as who's going to be the champion. Like They're probably going to be in the top three in their conference by the end of the season if they continue playing like how they have. Um, I think we've got two got good wins against Pac-12 and now AAC... And that that's gonna help us. Like I really do having a pretty good non conference schedule right now, and then we're gonna have another game against Kent State, not another non conference before we jump into SEC play. This is this this makes me feel a little bit confident. Um, we got to get the offense going. The defense, I mean, that's gonna keep us in games way longer than most teams will be able to play uh, against a lot of the SEC opponents that we're gonna be facing. And that, that gives me hope that our offense, because it, right now it's almost like a where we got the defense, which is great. That gives confidence to Bo that not everything's like, I don't have to make magic happen and get into a shootout uh, against the team, at least not at this point, maybe later down in the season. But establish myself, um, because I, I think you can kind of see with Bo, he's not 100% settled in there yet. Um, still only completing about 50% of his passes, but he's getting better. Well, when he has to throw 29 passes in the first half, yeah. then completing half of those I think is pretty good. And then he, it's still his second game mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. as a college football player. Yeah. So I guess, you know, in light of that, he's he's doing very well. He didn't have the same type of mistakes that he did No interceptions. Oregon. Yeah. He did have a so, touchdown pass, um, 207 yards passing. I mean— not anything flashy or anything, but he's a true Decent. freshman. He's a true. true freshman, and I, I, you got to give him that. Like he, he's gonna. I mean, he's not making the true freshman type mistakes, at least in the second game, like he was in the the very first game. Now, yeah, it's game by game. It could be Kent State gets an interception on him just because he makes bad read or something. But I mean, for now, it seems like he's got he, he takes he took another step into uh becoming an established college quarterback for sure um i i, I want to talk about the very beginning of the game the clock management uh not clock management but the clock that messed up the game clock and oh my gosh i i think that honestly messed up our team for the first drive absolutely because we had that was the longest first two or maybe it was it was like two or three minutes of the game that i've ever been a part of yeah it was so weird the referees were running around like chickens with their head cut off they had no idea what they were doing they were like this isn't like jb football what is going on we need to go back to middle school and the the refs were like that for most of the game but especially when the clock was out yeah they were so lost yeah and it was it was sad well when they even determined all right we're gonna you know keep the clock on the field there was a point where I think the refs like were running around. Well, who's going to keep the clock? Like, who's going to keep the <laughs> clock on the field? And like, they could not figure it out. And we're like, do you not have a procedure for this or something? Like, isn't it the head ref's job to do this or whoever? I don't know the sideline yeah, judge Mr. or White something. Hat, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not a ref, um, but I, I there's come on. Like, there was so much time to figure this out. Um, there then, were multiple blunders that they did through the season or through the game too. Like. That one flag for the player being pushed out. Yeah. And then they were like, hold on, let's review that. And they went and talked about it. And they had like a little powwow. And they were like, by the way, we're idiots. Never mind. (laughs) And then we had the Seth Williams injury. Yeah. And he's down on the ground for For, maybe five minutes. Yeah, it it was probably close to it. Like the Red Hat Man comes out. We have the whole thing going on with a commercial break. We get back from commercial break and then they blow the whistle and they're like, wait a second, let's take a look at that. Yeah. Did he catch it? Are you kidding me? Like you had five minutes to review and you didn't review that. That that honestly really confused me. Like were the people up in, what is it, Birmingham? Is that where they're doing the reviewing now? I think somewhere like that. Yeah, I think so. Um, Like why didn't they, you know, page down and say, hey, this is something we need to review. Like that's, it's a big play. You should probably be, I don't know, know, frustrating because, again, that stalled. I feel like that stalled our offense again. Absolutely. Um, And that 
that shouldn't happen. That really shouldn't happen. Um, and, and I was also thinking like we, we had brought in Joey Gatewood, I think on our very first drive for a play. And then of course they had the clock issue and that probably screwed up Gus's plan. I think it really did. And then he had to rethink, all right, what am I going to do now? And then just because he had to think, well, normally, you know, he's got that scripted first drive yeah, and and he got messed up. So what happened where Booby went to jump into the end zone? Did he fumble the ball? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Okay. I couldn't tell what happened because I was right I in that we, end zone. I think that's the one that he recovered. Yeah. I think that he was fumbled and recovered. Yeah. That that's something else that we had uncharacteristic fumbles in this Very. game. We had four fumbles. Yeah. What are we doing? That was and so, we lost. Well, three we lost fumbles two of them. total. Three fumbles. Was it? Yeah, it was only three. Nah, Cam. Nah, it was uh, Booby fumbled three times and yeah. K. Martin fumbled once. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, he didn't grow his horn. In fact, it might have gone <laughs> further into his head because oh, he fumbled no. the ball after only a couple carries. So That's right. I was like, well, time to bring out Joyner. Yeah, for real. And, uh, man, like, and, and you're thinking, <laughs> like, I was really hoping, because this seemed like a typical Cam Martin kind of team. Uh, we can bring Cam Martin in, you know, second half or so, give him a good majority of the carries and, you know, getting there and take some load off of booby but you know it it took him a minute i have the unicorn horn man i spray painted orange and blue did you really it's ready to go (laughs) but cam martin did not deserve it okay not this game maybe maybe next game it'll be kent state would you give it for him even if he had like 100 yards no it's kent state okay good you gotta prove it against a real team like Tulane. he's got (laughs) to do something to earn the unicorn horn and prove that he's a unique human being that can play football for sec um yeah special needs to be a special man yeah um okay let's talk about it halftime because i think everybody was like all right this is weird this is one of the weirdest halftimes it's 14 to 6 and our defense seemed to be obviously doing a great job stopped them on third down conversions uh didn't even get one of those in the first half. Uh, the running backs, I, I feel like, had an issue with not only getting the ball uh, when they got it on a handoff, but also when they had a pass to them. There were multiple times where they dropped balls. And I was thinking, that's kind of interesting. Like, and, and a few of those could have been potentially really big plays. Um, like with the one that Booby ended up catching for that mm-hmm. screen, that made it, that was like what? 30 something yard play or something. Um, yeah. That's fantastic. Like that. We need more of that kind of stuff. Um, and we just, the, the running backs weren't helping. Uh, it seemed like at times when Nick's was really having some, like trying to get this offense going. And then you saw it a couple of times, but Nick's did take things into his own hands and uh, carry the ball himself, get a few extra yards, get that first down. Um, and I do appreciate that. I mean, you can tell, He's going to be the guy, if if we need him to, uh, take on a little bit more extra load. Um, we don't need him to do that right now, but down the road, that could be very important. Yeah, Booby was targeted twice. He caught one of them for 25 yards. And then Cam Martin was targeted four times. He dropped Man. two of them Man. and only got 11 yards. And one of them, one Cam Martin, he could have gotten, you know, probably... 20 plus yards on that mm-hmm. thing yeah uh, yeah, yeah and the the one that booby dropped he had the entire field available for him just just let it go through his hands it's crazy um okay so we talked about bo Nix. we talked a little bit out of running backs but i want to talk about gatewood because i think at the end of the game it was good to see him come in and i i'm gonna say not completely junk time like there was still something on the line um when he came in um, yeah, we were up by like what three scores at that point, but it's still like it, we needed to give him not just like the last couple minutes of the game. And he seemed to handle it pretty decently. There was one, one time where I felt like he you know, made a bad read on the RPO, mm-hmm. but that's also probably because he's been sitting on the bench for the last couple of games besides that one Oregon play where he, uh, brought, got brought in, uh, to do the Joey over the top. And he just wanted to prove himself. Like, I think he just wanted to say, hey, I can run too. I can play ball. Uh, 
as well as anybody out there. Um, and, and you saw, I mean, there was even that one run where he did break out and get a first down, and he really did look like Cam Newton. I hate, yeah, like I know he hates that, but he looked like Cam Newton. He's a big boy, but he can move, and he. I mean, he made like a uh, a cut step, and you're looking at him, and he made the guy miss, just like I remember seeing Cam doing it back at Auburn in 2010. Um, that was that was exciting because I think his role will continue to grow. Um, we'll get more packages with him in it, and it'll be uh, certain situations. Like I, I'm thinking, I mean, Ben, correct me if you think I'm going down a wrong path, but red zone where we tend to struggle bringing Gatewood in there with a few packages ready for him to go. And he, you know, what he does, and he even did it this game, fall forward, get a couple yards. That's sometimes all you need in the red zone. It, it depends, though, because if you're a one-trick pony, then you're pretty easy to stop. One-dimensional yeah. players don't do well regardless of where they are on the field. So I want to be able to see him to be able to pass. Like, let let Gatewood throw the ball. Yeah, I think so, I was too. really hoping at the end of the game where – it looked like you know we might actually try to score again and make a little more of an, an impressive win. I thought I we thought were gonna we were going to let him pass. Me too. And we didn't. We just sat on the ball, and I was like, "All right, well, thanks, Gus." Yeah. Like I was hoping we'd get him a couple passes in there, even if they're just simple little like five yard outs or something. I don't know. Like something really simple that he he's thrown a hundred times or a thousand times. He's very confident that he can do that. Just give him something. Um, and then I don't know. It just seemed like we need to give him a little bit more and maybe it's just, we're, we're going to show that more as we go along. Um, but we definitely need to get him more involved. Um, something else that, uh, <laughs> Mr. Uh, I love it. Um, the Auburn Elvis, Auburn Elvis, you know him. He, uh, actually called me out and, uh, he, he made a good point. So I had said in the Tulane, uh, preview, uh, that if Gatewood uh, doesn't get enough playtime this season, he may transfer midseason. And I, I was thinking uh, that it was a similar situation to Kelly Bryan at Clemson, uh, where you know he's got four year or four games before he can uh, transfer and not burn a, a red shirt. But then I would, I'd honestly forgotten that Joey actually burned his red shirt last year, and that completely cancels the transfer rule. So I I'm confident that. Gatewood's going to be here for this year. Who knows about next year? Um, but at least for this year, it seems like it. Um, because if he transfers right now, he's not going to get any playtime anywhere else. Um, plus, he's a very solid, reliable. It seems like he can play the backup role um, pretty well. Yeah, it's it's nice to have him there just in case anything happens with Bo. And then to mix things up a little bit. And maybe one thing that Gus is trying to do by having Gatewood as a one-trick pony right now is... When we eventually do have him throw a pass, no one will expect it. Yeah, they'll well, see him come not. out and 100% think he's going to run. Yeah, and that would be nice. I mean, I, I think if you do enough scouting, you're going to know he can pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's probably run first. He's going to be running most of the time versus passing. So hey, maybe one or two times you get him, uh, or get a defender to figure out or think that they're going to know he's he's running this play. But hey, get him on a, a on a pass play and that could be really big we'll even do like the cam cam newton uh dip and then step back and pass yeah true i i don't know if we've seen that in a while um, it, it's been a minute but i think that'd be a fantastic play to roll out and maybe a texas a&m game yeah and that would pull in the linebackers they'd think hey he's gonna run it so they start crowding the line and then you just throw it over the top and that that could honestly be a pretty cool play if we we pull that back out. And you know, Gus is. It seems like he doesn't forget about plays that he's done in the past, especially with somebody like Cam Newton, um, where they worked extremely well with him. And it, the connection between what Joey can do obviously isn't as good as Cam Newton, but it's it's almost there. Um, and I think it could potentially down the road be a really good thing um, to start using him in the pass game a little bit more like that. Uh, what about uh, the Wildcat? Because that, that seemed to be a very reliable play for us. We, pulled, we used it a few times, especially in the second half, um, where Booby, the Booby Cat, really worked out great. 
um, had a couple of pulling uh, offensive linemen and uh, got in front of Booby Whitlow. And I was just thinking, when I played a little bit of running back, I was by far not, I was probably like third or fourth string. But anytime I had my fullback or uh, offensive lineman in front of me, lead blocking for me, that gave me so much confidence that I can just keep going. Um, and, and that had to be really good feeling to see that executed so well and to turn into what led to a touchdown. Um, and then another one uh, where it ended up, uh, he just he got a really good run out of it. Um, so what did you think of our, our Wildcat and, and how you can see it developing um, with Booby? Yeah, Booby under center uh, in that shotgun formation where you can really just go wherever he wants to with the ball. It works very, very well. To be able to get Booby on the outside to run around, he's just so fast that getting it out in that open space immediately without having to have any type of handoff or lateral, anything like that, is definitely an offensive weapon that we can utilize more often. And that's why I was thinking we should be throwing out to the flats and just let our guys run. Uh, But, you know, having Booby there... It's it's something where you know he's going to run, most mm-hmm. likely, until he's going to eventually pop back for a pass, which I'm looking forward to. Yeah. Because I think that's a lot of what Gus is building up here for future plays. Oh, yeah. But, man, he every single time he gets it, you know the run is coming, and we just block extremely well in that type of play situation. Yeah, and I think that that's leading up to something, and, and I'm sure in games in the future we're going to pull something out. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'll be really neat to see. Um, before we get off of offense, um, let's talk about a couple of the, the injuries that happened. Um, so Seth Williams, um, came down, uh, at the goal line almost and, uh, came down and, uh, it officially came out that it was a shoulder issue. Um, and, uh, that, that's kind of encouraging to me. Um, and even I think Will Hastings said something very optimistic, like, hey, he'll be okay. He'll, he should be hopefully back for the SEC play. I don't know if that's necessarily true. He's not a doctor. He's not the coach uh, making those kind of calls. But, I mean, that's kind of optimistic. And I I, I don't know. Do you, do you expect to see Seth Williams coming back um, for this Texas A&M game in a couple weeks? Or do you think he might be out for a little bit longer? You know, Gatewood got – a little bit of playing time this game. So maybe Will Hastings is a little more reliable than I gave him credit for last week. But, you know, it, we we don't really know anything about this injury to Seth Williams besides the rolling around on the field he did right after he got hurt. Yeah. And I've gone back and watched it. And the way he landed on his shoulder mm-hmm. and then got drugged with two guys on top of him. Yeah. It it could be one of anything, you know. the How severe it is, I'm not sure. But the way he was acting after the fact doesn't give me a lot of hope, unfortunately. I know, and that that's what honestly scared me, thinking, oh, crap, he he might have broken a collarbone or something like that that would put him uh, out of the season for most of the season. Um, yeah, so that was kind of unfortunate, um, and I hope to get him back really, really soon because he's a he's a guy that I give him the fifty fifty ball. And he he will come down with it more times than not. Uh, the other guy, Will Hastings, we uh, we saw him come out uh, right after that. It just very gruesome hit. Um, Man, number thirty-seven just needs to get kicked off the team. That was that was that was a rough one. I mean, like it was bad. That was why like, targeting was, was created. Yeah, yeah, is because you're not supposed to. And did you go back and watch that? Yeah, yeah, I wa- I've watched it. Even uh, I think somebody slowed it down. Yep. And you can see as soon as Will Hastings get hit, gets hit, his body just goes limp. goes limp. His head, his head was turned around. He was looking for the ball, man. And he comes and just gets plowed right into his head and neck. Yeah. And just like a rag doll falls to the ground. Yeah. And the positive was he had actually been cleared to go back and play for the rest of the game, which is positive to me that it's not anything super bad. And then also Will Hastings uh, ended up uh, getting interviewed after the game. So again, he seems to be okay. Um, I, If I'm Gus, I would almost use him very sparingly next week um, 
if play him at all. Maybe just sit him out. Uh, yeah. I don't. I don't think we need to risk it with him. And it's it. it you can already see the chemistry. He already had five receptions uh, from Bo Nix um, for seventy-five yards this past week. There's a connection there. So it's not like we need to continue build. I mean, we'll, we'll need to continue that. But like, there's already something there. Yeah, and Hastings, he's fast and he's a weapon, but his awareness is second to none on the field. Yeah, that absolutely. pass where Bo threw it and Hastings turned around and oh, immediately man. caught it. Incredible. It was beautiful. Like he was he, turned around right over his right shoulder and then saw, oh crap, it's there's the ball. over my left shoulder now. <laughs> All right, turn around and then it's he know he knew exactly where it was. Yeah. That that was a thing of beauty for sure. Um and then even we got to see Anthony Schwartz who's been injured um with his hand and he, he uh, almost had it, man. He almost had it. A one-handed catch. I mean, I think he did have a second hand on it, but I mean, how cool would that have been well, if he had caught it? He had a hand and a, a wrapped up little ball. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, very interesting. I mean, it was good to have him in as a decoy for sure. But then um, we threw it. But to I him. didn't. I didn't think we threw it. Though. <laughs> it was a little shocker. Yeah, I mean, his effort was was all there. Yeah, it was just uh, you know you need two hands to bring it in sometimes. I know. I know. And I was thinking if he was if he didn't have the hand injury, I honestly thought he every other time he's caught the ball in those situations um another wide receiver that i want to talk about uh matthew hill um he went out on a screen on third and two uh made a move where if he hadn't made a move he probably wouldn't have gotten a first down and then he got a little bit more after that and uh, i think matthew hill as a wide receiver will get used a lot more um in the future and even gus is saying the same thing about matthew hill that we he's he's gonna be a guy i think i mean if seth williams is out for a couple games set uh, matthew hill may be another guy that we go to a little bit more as his role uh as a wide receiver uh grows a little bit more for sure i mean i feel like matthew hill and seth williams should be lined up on either side of the uh the play and yeah. just basically run corner rounds with these guys because that's what they can do yeah but we'll have to see once we get into SEC play. Um, and then, hey, Ben, did you notice something that happened that we haven't done in a very long time with our tight end? Yeah, he caught a ball. I know. John Samuel Schinker <laughs> actually caught a freaking pass. Are you kidding me? We haven't had this in so long, it feels like. We've had H-back, but like an actual pure tight end, yep. like John Samuel Schenker, actually catch a ball and it was like he had to fight for that ball i honestly thought oh crap that that looked like an interception and it then could, very he came well down with it <laughs> yeah i mean that was a uh, that was a very intense nine yard play yeah um so good to have him involved and uh i, I think we're gonna use him more like, it just seems like a good player that we can get involved um at the tight end position because he's a big body and we like hitting a big body in some open space for sure Fantastic effort. Um, let's shift over to defense a little bit. Um, what do you, what did you think about how well we were able to stop um, Tulane to only 223 total yards of offense? Um, Justin McMillan uh, only completed 10 of 13 passes for 103 yards. Those numbers alone give me complete confidence that this defense is ready to go for SEC play uh, against some really good opponents. Um, because we got what three of the top four in the AP poll right now that we're going to be facing, and uh, that's pretty pretty tough. And we know their teams are going to be able to uh, move the ball against us, and uh, we got to have a defense ready to go to keep us in these games. What did you What did you think of our defense uh, uh, this game? Yeah, they were the saving grace of the team, man. Uh, without this defense stepping it up once again and being able to put the lock down on Tulane. You know, McMillan is a fast guy, and he's yeah, he's an offensive weapon on his own. Yeah, and then there's other very valuable players on Tulane's team. They could very well win their own conference. And besides, you know, a couple field goals, we pretty much shut them down. Yeah, exactly. And we kept them out of as much as I I thought. Oh yeah, Tulane's. You know, they had a couple chances, even the um with the wide receiver passing the ball or whoever that was. Um, that trick play that almost worked. And you're thinking, oh my gosh, this is crazy. 
how are they doing this on us? Um, and you knew they had to pull out some trick plays just to get their offense moving against our defense. But it sure seemed like it, like their their offense was doing more than what actually happened of 223 total yards. Um, and then I really do think Justin McMillan is a very capable quarterback. We just were, we put so much pressure on him. I think we probably hit him. I don't know, like five, six, seven, maybe even eight times uh, throughout the game. And that put him under a lot of pressure uh, and had to throw a lot of those balls away where his completion percentage was really poor um, under, what is that, 30% or so. Mm -hmm. Um, So when you get that kind of pressure on a team, it's just going to be hard for them to move down the field. Um, And that was, again, evident throughout the whole game. uh, Tulane only had two third down conversions. Um, and that's, that's awesome for our defense. Um, Gus even said that was a, a point of emphasis for our defense. And, uh, we, we were able to, uh, really do very well against that. Um, something else that, uh, I was looking at was this past week with Oregon and I, I'm going to tie this back into Auburn, but Oregon put up 77 points against <laughs> Nevada. We felt, we held Oregon and their, their offense, to 21 points. Uh, I think that's encouraging that Oregon has the firepower to put up 77 points against the team. Now it's Nevada, whatever, but we stopped them to 21. And I think that's, that's going to be awesome to have against a team. Like we, we know Georgia and Alabama are going to try to put up points against us. A&M's going to try to put points, point, uh, tons of points up against us. We got to have a defense that can hold really good offenses to, not getting into the end zone very often. And I think that's that's encouraging to me. Well, we had said preseason that this was probably the best defense that Gus has ever had. Yeah. And these guys are proving it week mm-hmm. to week. I mean, we didn't get any sacks in this game, but five tackles for loss against this team? Yeah. That's pretty solid. Yeah. And the fact that we were able to really shut them down on any big plays, especially on third down, like lights out play from the defense, one, kept us in this game, which... It's sad to say that, but that's how bad the first half looked. Yeah, really. And then two, you know, prevented anything astronomical happening mm-hmm. and just gave us time to to really open up our playbook in the second half and wear this team down. I mean, once again, when you look at our strength and conditioning, like our guys, when the other team is, you know, sweating, breathing, bent over, we're holding strong. Yeah. And that's that's some a testament to the team in itself strength and conditioning wise that you know we're going to outlast teams regardless of who we're playing and of course when you're playing some of these smaller smaller teams or programs like Oregon or whatever uh you'd expect Oregon Oregon's to be pretty kind small of, Are you saying well, Oregon's small you know what I'm saying that their strength <laughs> and conditioning made them look small well especially in the second half yeah and like, that's so, when we started wearing them down and actually establishing that run game you would expect a power five team to to be solid like that, but it's just Auburn. We've taken it to a, a second level, especially with our defense when it comes to strength and conditioning. And like, they are ready for being, you know, 300 plus pounders and some of these guys running around. Yeah. Like, uh, like a tiger on the prowl. Yeah. Big cat. He had like, I'm just thinking about big cat. He had two quarterback. One of them was at least a, a hurry on the quarterback. And the other was just a really good hit on the quarterback. Um, and you're thinking this is, a huge guy, and he is chasing down McMillan, hitting him hard, making him pay uh, for staying in the pocket. And then we look and fresh as a daisy next play. It's fantastic. Um, Derek Brown also had a tackle for loss. Great. He just oh, he split, he got past his offensive lineman like there was no offensive lineman there. And you're thinking, who the heck leaves Derek Brown? Like gives him the ability to go and just you know grab the running back as soon as he gets the ball. Like <laughs> that's pretty much what happened. Derek uh, Brown he jumped over the uh, <laughs> what like was the it, wall that? on yeah, the special wall teams on the punt. punt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, like oh, oh my gosh, it. he is gigantic, and to be able to like get that type of of air time and I wonder over if he can guys, dunk. Like I I'd be willing to say he <laughs> big boy Derek Brown. Maybe he can. This athletic man. That'd be cool. To see him dunk in the Auburn Rec Center or something. That'd be <laughs> really cool. Um 
uh, what about our linebackers? They say they seem to get better and better each game. Um, but I don't know. Like it seemed like they were doing pretty well. Um, I didn't see anything too egregious happen with the linebackers. Um, do you see anything else with them? I mean, once again, uh, KJ Brett's playing his mind out. Yeah. Uh, Owen's doing the same thing. It's, it's a good group that is, you know, we, we expected them to not really miss a beat because of the playing time they got from the previous years, but you know, one being a true freshman and KJ Brett just killing it. It's, uh, it's been good to see the linebackers one be able to, you know, be part of the rushing attack, but also be able to fall back in and hold if, uh, if we need to fall into coverage. Yeah, and I thought it was also pretty cool. The Deshaun Davis, uh, big time linebacker that got drafted this past season. Mm-hmm. Uh, he being the Mike man. He yeah, he got to do the honorary War Eagle at the very beginning, which is pretty cool. Um, but he he got interviewed, and uh, he said he's been mentoring these linebackers. Uh, he views them as little brothers, uh, and he's even got a text group with them, uh, and then he's even got one with uh, I think T Will. Coach T. Will, so I thought that was pretty cool that he's still obviously caring about this team and wanting them to get better and better uh, and almost telling them certain things that they should do or like what he's seeing, not necessarily what he should do, like telling him that he's a coach, but hey, like in this scenario, do this, like that'll help you out. Um, Or if you see this formation, do this. Like I could totally see him um, after game and, and giving those guys a little bit of extra insight into what's happening um, and making them into uh, the kind of linebacker that Deshaun Davis ended up being uh, by the end of his Auburn career, which is obviously a fantastic one and uh, making it into the NFL. Absolutely. Yeah. Deshaun Davis, that leadership was something that we were going to have to replace. And, you know, the guys not necessarily as a leader wise have, have come into that role, but the amount of effort is definitely there. Yeah. And I think, Another thing, I mean, like, even though we don't have him on the team anymore, you can tell his leadership is still paying off. Um, he's still being able to help these linebackers who, uh, a lot of them still look up to him because they uh, were the second string or third stringers while Deshaun Davis was here. So I think that's really cool. Um, showing how much of an Auburn man Deshaun Davis is to come back and still help out this team. Um Something else that I noticed on defense, I don't remember, and Ben, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't remember any pass interferences for Auburn. Do you, do you remember any this game? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. I couldn't think of any, and it, it didn't seem like we had any. It, it just seemed like our, our, our DBs were able to cover them extremely well. Um, minus maybe a couple longer passes, but like – for the most part, I felt like we were on them so well that it made McMillan only complete ten out of his thirty thirty something passes. That that's that's really cool, and that's that's good to see um, them continue to grow. Um, we like to talk about Javaris Davis, our Javaris Davis watch. Um, ben, did you see anything out of our uh, out of Javaris Davis's game? Uh, he had three total tackles, three solo. Besides that, I don't really remember him being uh too too big of a player but also we didn't have any big plays against him so yeah i'll I'll give him a solid pass this week yeah well and then even what was it probably third quarter i think he uh he swatted the ball away from a guy that was about to catch it and that was encouraging to me yeah um, so when it when it comes to and i realized we didn't get any pass interference called there were honestly a couple of plays where I think we probably could have gotten called for pass interference. So you potentially, know. Uh, I think when you have a tip, you can't have pass interference on a on a tip ball. Is that correct? Yeah, correct. That's a what is it? A live or what do they call it? Uh, yeah, uh, there's no. Yeah, there can be no pass interference for that. So when you could you, literally grab the guy and throw him down potentially, well, as long as it's not like helping. That's what Javaris Davis did. So <laughs> he had he had one hand on the guy and like pulled on him and then jumped in front and batted the ball down, which was good. Yeah, I mean, he got the he got the tip, so it wasn't called or couldn't be called, but uh, could have been cleaner. So yeah, wh- whichever it could have been. Um, and then also I wanted to point out another DB that uh, definitely shined was uh, Jeremiah Denson. Um, it was a it was a play where McMillan 
uh, was just scrambling for his life. And I think he was just trying to throw the ball away. And he didn't get it out of the field to play. And that's where Jeremiah Denson ran across the field, uh, drug his feet, and got that interception. Yeah, it was um, a huge heads-up play. That that was awesome. And I love to see those kind of plays. Um, all right. So let's talk about our special teams. Special teams last game against Oregon. Um, subpar, not terrible, um, in my opinion. But punt coverage, what did you see out of that? Did did we get any better? Uh, not much. <laughs> Kick returns. I don't think we had any. Um, where they yeah they didn't have any returns for kicks. So I don't know where that was last week when I feel like we're in the dome and I don't know what it was. Like Anders wasn't kicking it out of the end zone like he was this game. I don't know. That just seemed kind of interesting to me. Did did you notice that that Anders didn't kick it out of the end zone last week? And yet he did this week. I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. Uh, I I saw him kick it out quite a few times because I was in that end zone this week. I don't remember last week him not doing that. But, you know, with the new rule where it doesn't matter where you catch it within the 25, if you just go down with it, then it, it's an automatic touchback. It doesn't matter as much. Yeah. Because I feel like even if you catch on the five and you've got, you know, the whole team coming up on you, you're just going to go down. Yeah. That's possible, but I'm just thinking I'd much rather just punt it out of the end zone or kick it out of the end zone and get them the ball at the 25. I'd almost rather that every single time versus the potential of them having a big, big run back. Um, and then they get great field position because of that. So maybe that's just my opinion on it. Um, our punk return. I, I think we did pretty great. Christian Tut. Uh, seems to be pretty reliable on punt returning and uh, fielding the ball cleanly, uh, playing smart. Like there hasn't been a time where I was like, "Oh crap!" Like he he made a bad decision. Um, what what are you thinking about our punt return game this this season so far, um, and, and how it's developing with Christian Tut? Uh, Christian Tut is the perfect player to be there. Uh, I was really hoping he would break one. He had a few that. You know, very, very solid effort. And I just love the, the fact that he's able to get back there, look it in, and then make a play. Yeah. And that, I mean, the biggest thing for me is ball security when you're receiving a punt. And it seems like he's got that down. Um, but then also, once you get that, you want a guy that's very shifty and can, can get down the field um, very quickly, get, make a guy miss. Um, so. I mean that that's really cool, and he averaged sixteen point seven yards uh, per punt return um, on the three returns that he had um, with a long and twenty two, um, so pretty good for him there. Uh, as far as field goal kicking, uh, Anders uh, Carlson ended up having a twenty two yarder, um, and he made that. Uh, he also had three extra points that he made, um, so solid day for him. Uh, Aaron Sippus. I still feel like we, we've got some room to grow with him. Um, we're still allowing, uh, we're still allowing teams to get returns on us. Um, and I think even Gus today, and we're recording this on Sunday, his press conference uh, mentioned getting the right amount of height to distance um, to get our guys down the field and uh, either prevent the guy from running back or minimize the amount that the guys um, able to run, return a punt. Um, so I think that's something, uh, definitely a growing spot for us. Definitely. And I have a update to that, a correction, if you will. Uh, I had, I had gotten the wrong line. So okay. that, that's where that had come from. Uh, we had 48 yards run back against us, uh, only two times. Which the is still long bad. Was 36. Um, yeah, it's still bad, but not as bad as I was making it sound out. To yeah. Me. So, yeah. I mean, when you allow a 36, yard return that's that's still really poor punt coverage especially against a two-lane team i mean come on yeah but I, granted this is a very good two-lane team and they will do well but yeah. punt coverage is something that we need to be able to lock down and i think that one was one where sithas had had kicked it so far that he had out kicked his his punt coverage again yeah and then the guy just took it and ran around the side yeah that's what i was thinking like it it just seemed like he made one move on a guy maybe a couple moves and then he was just gone. Mm -hmm. And, uh, 
we got to prevent that. We got to get, I don't know, maybe our gunners down there a little quicker or something. Um, or just like what you said last time, you know, just air it out, kick it high. Mm-hmm. Let us get underneath it. Yeah. So that's definitely something that I, I know is on Gus's mind right now because special teams, uh, I, I'm, I'm just scared for the SEC play and what they could potentially do with our special teams and uh, really capitalize off that. And that's the, that's the part where if the special teams gets a touchdown, I mean, it's, it's, that's not good. That is not good um, for Auburn. And it just puts us in a bad situation where we, uh, you know, just, I don't know, they, they get almost easy points on us. And that, that's just tough. Mm-hmm. Um, ben, anything else before we go? Uh, you know, it was, it was a, a quality win, but it was very sloppy to me. And so I'm definitely looking forward to Tulane being something that we're, I hope we can sure up some of this play actually perform well on offense after you know kickoff versus after the first quarter and just make sure that we're able and ready to go into sec play where we're going to have some serious competition i i realized that texas a&m looked pretty bad against clemson and that is just a testament to the clemson defense i honestly thought that they would put up more of a fight there but texas a&m is still a pretty good team yeah and uh, we only have them two weeks away where we have to travel on the road. And the 12th man is no joke. Mm-hmm. And uh, that that's going to be a challenge. So I want us to use this next week coming up and, uh, you know, look at the tape that we had from Tulane. Make sure we iron some of that stuff out and uh, get ready for some SEC play. Yeah. And uh, just on like a personal note, it was, all, it was so good to be back in Auburn and uh, oh, watch the sure. game. Um, we even had a little bit of a meetup uh, in the student center. Uh, it, it was good to meet in the student center for sure because uh, it was a hot one out there and uh, good to have some air conditioning. We were right by a TV so we could keep up with uh, a few games going on. Yeah, watching Michigan almost lose to Army. Oh, man. Oh, man. That, that would have been <laughs> really sad. That um, would have been hilarious. Man. Uh, ben, before we go, do you want to give them social media so they can stay in contact with you? Yeah, you guys uh, can find me anywhere on social media at B-E-N-K-1-N-G and then Captain Plainsman on Twitter. And then you can find me on Twitter at A-J-A-Y-J-A-Y underscore. It's always great to be an Auburn Tiger and War Eagle. War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?